guys, thank you. Can everybody hear me? Is it, how's the sound? Good? Great. You can hear me good, Uriel? Guys, first of all, I want to thank you for having me today here, obviously. Um, it's definitely a pleasure of mine that, you know, when, when I prepare for these classes, it's amazing how every single time I prepare for these classes, I'm constantly finding new insights and new insights. And it's, every time I get a new insight, obviously, I've been using it for myself. So you could see that how much, obviously, the dedication and the amount of energy being put in these classes. Um, and it's only because of, obviously, you guys and uh, of tremendous gratitude, um, the amount of growth that I've been able to, to have based on these teachings. So today's class, I want to talk about the power of attraction, the law of attraction. I want to talk about the Torah's view of the law of attraction versus the regular view of the law of attraction. I want to try to make sure that we're trying to do it the right way. The reason why I'm doing this class is because this year it has hit us very hard. And a lot of people are not really in the mood to manifest. A lot of people are not in the mood to, they're just not in the mood. And I, and I understand that hundred percent. I get everybody and I get, I, you know, you see people that are worn out, especially elbows coming, you know, you in the middle at the end of the summer. It's again, it's been a very challenging year across the board for absolutely everybody. And it's such an indicate, it's such an inclination right now that our evil inclination right now is so strong because what Yeshahara wants you to do is basically not manifest, not desire anything. Just like, you know, go through the day, watch the news, watch the media, react to life, be stressed out, complain like everybody else. And it's really not going to help you to do that. So specifically why I wanted to do this class is because it's impossible to create anything in life if we're in reaction mode. We have to be in creation mode. And today, more than ever, where you don't feel like doing it, where you're, you're drained out mentally, physically, spiritually, you, where you don't know tomorrow where, what's, you know, what certainty do we have with our jobs or what certainty do we have with anything today. It, it's, this is especially the time that you have an amazing opportunity to manifest amazing things and to bring a lot of things into tuition. And just like energy, energy is always moving. Energy doesn't just sit there. Either you're always either attracting something or you're attracting something, something you want, or you're attracting something you don't want. And that's very understandable. That through, we're going to talk about the major concept today, it's having bitachon, having trust. When you trust in God, you attract what you want. When you, when you don't trust in God, you attract what you don't want, which is rooted in fear. And this is exactly what we already know just before the class, that we are all predisposed right now to not be in the mood to do this. And this is something that's very serious. You have to create goals. You have to create, you have to manifest what you want. Baruch Hashem, I've been doing this this year and thank God I'm, I just acquired a hotel. I just acquired so many amazing things that I've been able to acquire. Um, and, and this is only because I literally had to wake, I woke up, woke up early. I put on music and I do my, my, my manifestation work, my desire where does this word manifest come from? Where does the word desire come from? It comes from the concept called Keter. Keter is the highest energy that we have. There's no greater energy than the energy of Keter. Keter is what is, is the highest energy that when we bring down this light of energy, that is the light of desire. For example, when you speak of the word willpower or will, where there's a will, there's a way, that's all connected to, to willpower. 
It's all connected to Keter. So what we're doing is when we have a desire, we, when we start developing that desire, you're taking the energy of Keter. That's why it's so, so, so important to never stop hitting goals and never stop hitting, hitting, up, hitting new goals. So let's, let's just talk a little bit right now about the difference between the law of attraction and the, the Jewish law of attraction, the regular law of attraction. Steve Friedman says it absolutely beautiful. He says the regular law of attraction is it, it could work. Again, I've not tried that law of attraction because I've always been connected to Reb Nachman's teachings. That law of attraction is more like trying to pull something to you. Um, you know, trying to pull, let's say, to tell you to you know focus on a car like you already have it. Act as if it's more like pulling, pulling something to you. But it could have an aspect of an ego because okay, I want a car so I can you know people think I'm. Um, I'm more successful, or I want this. It, it's very a lot. A lot of it is a lot very ego driven. That it, you're pulling something for you know to, to make more money, uh, so you feel better about yourself. The difference between that and the Jewish one is that item is there in your life. It just has to be uncovered. It just has to be uncovered. It has to be the 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 the, the shell has to be broken. The klipa has to be broken. The layer has to be uncovered. So it's not like it's not out there. It just has to be uncovered. And I'm going to give you exactly the perfect example on, on finding a girl, finding a soulmate, finding a guy. There's no way you're going to be able to attract the right guy if you're fooling around with, with another person. Because your intention is not really to, to get married. Your intention is really, oh, when it's available, it's available. When I'm talking about when you sit there and make a sacrifice, which Rebrachman tells it to you, black and white in lesson 87. Lesson 87. It tells you something like this. And the reason why I'm talking about single so much and dating so much is because obviously it's too bad. I just want you to understand the difference between the Jewish law of attraction and the regular. So a guy could say, I'm attracting my, my date. I'm attracting, I'm attracting, I'm attracting. I'm trying to attract her, visualizing her, visualizing her. What, maybe I'm doing things on the side, like watching porn or watching inappropriate things that could cause me not to attract her. It's, not, it's what I'm doing on the side. So we're not going to tell you here. For a wife, it's called a derech, as is brought in the teaching where sages. But there's another derech. There's a derech of a, derech of a promiscuous woman. The rule is that a blemish in a person's spiritual, in a person's brit, can cause, as a result of that blemish, it's possible to lose your zivug, lose your soulmate, because what happens is she turns away from you and then it's very difficult to find her. Even if she does find her, she's going to oppose you. And why? Because what happens is, is you went after another woman, so your soulmate went, a- went away from you. So the law, I'm really, when I'm doing mitzvot and the closer I am to my soul state, the more I attract, I attract my soulmate. But that comes from, 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 from uncovering klipot being spiritual, watching the Brits. That's how you attract your wife. It's not like I could just stare at the girl and visualize her being married to her. I'm going to get her. Or visualize this girl and manifest like I'm already married to her. It's going to happen. No. Because what happens is, is you're with Christina and you're trying to get Leah. <laughs> so if you don't let go of Christina, you're not going to get Leah. And the more you're with Christina, the less chance you have of getting Leah. Because that's causing you to not attract Leia. I just want to give you guys an example. 
So it's not just that I can just stand there and and manifest the wife or manifest this. It's if I'm doing things, I'm sabotaging my my soulmate because what happens is the more I turn away from her, she turns away from me. Just like the same thing in a, in a marriage. When you start turning away, let's say a person stops communicating. He says, God forbid, he has an affair. God forbid. When he starts looking at other people, what happens is his wife starts look, going away from him. So the law of attraction is it, it, it goes away from you. This is a very similar concept in Judaism. Whatever you're doing, it, it, you cause the blessing to not come to you. It's not like I can sit there and bring that thing to me. Yes, I'm going to tell you how, but it's more of what you're doing wrong that's causing that thing to go away from you. I hope I made that very clear because we could, you know what happens is, is sometimes you could just, you, you, you read it the wrong way and you're like, I don't understand why I'm not attracting my soulmate. Uh, she's, I keep on praying and I keep on visualizing, but you're going out with Christina. Unless you get rid of Christina, you're not going to get Leia. <laughs> you understand? So it has to be a sacrifice, has to be cut this one in order to attract that one. You can't have both. Like when Leia comes, I'm going to get rid of Christina. And again, I, I hate, again, I've been criticized many, many times. And I, I can't change my style. My style is I'm here for one reason. I'm here to help everybody get what they want. That is my goal. I'm not here to give you excuses. My classes are more like a deep tissue massage. They're going to get to the massage. They're going to get to the point, And then... It's going to hurt a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's going to work. And that's what we want. If you just want like a very light, you know, light Swedish massage, you know, something light, you don't want something that's going to really hit what we need to hear, then you're not really going to get to the core issues and the, and, and the core muscles that need to be shaken up. So again, I've been, a lot of people, they, they don't like the classes because it's too hard. It's too direct. But what, what, what do you, what, 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 what do you want? What can we do today in 2020? I mean, this is a time where we have to be direct and we have to go after what we want. And, 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 you know, listen, I suffered many years getting a very, oh, you're such a nice guy, very nice advice, Psalm 23. I wish I would have, somebody would have told me, please tell me what to do. I just, I want to get, I want to get to the next level. I don't want to sit there and struggle. Even, tell me what to do. Tell me the truth. Even if it, even if it hurts me, but if something is if something doesn't hurt you, it's not going to change you. And that's the bottom line. It's got to hurt a little bit to change you. That's why I, another thing I want to explain to you guys is that it's, it's, we have to take this very seriously. We have to have a very intense relationship with our creator. Our, and, and desire is also a form of intensity. You can't, it's not a passive thing. Serving your creator. Your creator wants your heart. He wants you all in. He's not interested in the guy who's half in. He's half in. He's not in. He wants a guy all in. And when you start having that all in intensive attitude, you're going to get a lot of things in life. But when we have that flaky attitude, then we do everything flaky and we don't get what we want. And that's something that, again, again, people might be upset about it. But again, I'm not here to make everybody happy. I'm here to change people and I'm here to get and I know I'm not going to I'm not going to be successful with everybody. But the main thing is that. We are going to make, we are, we're already making tremendous changes. I already had a 
couple weddings this week that I'm going to. These are people that change from the classes. The things are happening. That's something we need to understand. So again, the Zohar speaks very simple. The lower world is already is ready to receive, and it's called it's called like a precious stone. The upper world only gives according to its state. If the state is a bright countenance below, the same thing is above. But if there's sadness above, then obviously the sadness below, there's sadness above. So basically, as David Amalek says, God is your shadow. If you don't like the shadow, it's, there's nothing to talk about. If I don't like the way the world is going, then I have to change my perspective of the world. If I don't like the way my business is going, I have to change my perspective of my business. If I don't like the way my marriage is going, I have to change my perspective. I have to change the state that I am in to a change and effective state above. That is the Jewish law of attraction. As, as, and what is Kabbalah? Kabbalah is not something that's wide. Kabbalah is as below, so is above. And, and it's a very simple concept that we can always control what, what frequency we want in heaven by how we act below. And it's such a liberating process because you're not a victim to circumstances. You're not a victim to, to other people. We can change absolutely anything. Because like we said before, the way I, what, the meaning I give something determines the feeling I give something. So the, the, the difference between, like Sri Freeman says, the law of attraction places a human smack in the middle of the universe, pulling all the strings. You create your own reality. Jewish optimism, on the other hand, is based on faith and a fundamental belief in a higher reality. Jewish optimism doesn't create or attract anything new. Remember, Jewish optimism does not create or attract anything new. What it does, it pulls back the blinds and opens up the window that the klipot, that, that are, there are negative thoughts or a perspective are blocking us. What we're really doing is, is we're getting an awakening. But the awakening is not a, a it's not, a, I, I'm, I'm pursue, I need something. It's recognizing that the awakening is here. And once I start changing, my life will change. Once I start changing my thinking, the treasure, like we said, the treasure is here, it's not out there. And basically it opens up the windows and allows the light of the day to shine in without distortion. God is good. And there's only, there's only one of him. And therefore all that happens must be good. Our faith, is that way. We believe that Hashem wants to give and more than he wants to give, more than we want to take, he wants to give. We just have to put ourselves in a position to receive. We have to put ourselves in a position to believe in him, in a position to receive. Another thing he says here, something absolutely beautiful, that one who trusts in God is rewarded by being carried above his affliction. The Zohar says this, Rabbi Nubachia says this, and Rab Nachman says this black and white, the same thing. Rab Nachman says exactly the same thing. He says it in Lesson 172. Lesson 172, Rab Nachman says, whatever a person lacks or experiences, be it children, livelihood, or health, it's entirely from the side of the person himself. For the light of God is constantly shining upon him always. But because of his emotions, because of his deeds, because of his perspective, he makes a shadow for himself, and the, the light of God does not reach him. And according to his, the shadow, the deeds, block the shadow, block God's light. Thus, the lack which he experiences is according to the deed or the shadow that he casts. Look what he's telling us here. You, when every time we sin or every time we, make a, we, 
we have a, a wrong mindset that we don't trust it. And we're basically creating shadows. We're, we're casting shadows on ourselves. So once I start changing my life and have more bitachon and changing my life and getting closer to my creator, what am I really doing? I'm not attracting anything. I'm uncovering the light that's already inside of me, which is what we refer to today as a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough. What do you mean you have a breakthrough? It's an inner breakthrough. The breakthrough is not I'm attracting. I don't attract the breakthrough. I, 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 I break through of the klipot. I break through of the negativity. I break through the wrong beliefs. I break through the stories that I've had. But these are all things that are within me, which is very liberating because the greater the the greater I am, I'm, um, the greater I'm aligned with God's will, and the greater I accept His will, and the greater I, I I appreciate what He's doing for my life, and I know that He's doing it for everything. The more easily I'm able to cast these shadows, or I won't even put any shadows in the first place. So you're always going to have clarity. So remember, we're not pulling strings, we're not attracting, we're really uncovering, and this is like it's such a big aha moment because you know sometimes doing chuva. Or sometimes doing, you know, working on yourself, it doesn't seem like the sexiest thing in the world. Wow, it's not new age. It seems like so boring. Oh my God, I have to do his mode to do it. I have to do inventory. I have to do mishpat, or I have to work on thinking as a person. These things don't sound so exciting. It's so fun to manifest and just, you know, put music and dream and this. But sometimes at the end of the day, we're going after things that we already have inside of us. So the stuff that you don't that you that you see that's not so exciting is usually the stuff that really works. The stuff that you really see so exciting, it's probably the stuff that has it's like it's got a lot of noise. But the real real work is really doing the proper getting back to your real soul state, and that's how and that's by working on your midot, working on your desires, and that uncovers the layers which makes you become have, have a new perspective, which makes you attract better things in life. Makes you attract more money. Makes you attract a better uh, spouse. Like we said, all of a sudden, a person can do a 40-day challenge. What is he doing? He's reading Tikkun Aklali. He's not manifesting anything, but what he's doing is he's getting rid of clouds and klipot that are, that are blocking his potential spouse from coming him. So once he does the 40-day challenge, all of a sudden, he clears these klipot, and all of a sudden, his spouse comes right to him. His spouse comes right to him. A very, very important concept. And I think that's the, one of the biggest aha things that, that we should understand. Once I was in a court case 12 years ago, and I went to Rav Chaim Kenietzky to get a bracha to ask him, what, what should I do in this court case? And I met his wife, Mother Robinson, who she passed away. And she says, listen, I told him about the case. I told her about the case, blah, 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 blah. She's like, listen, forget about the case. Forget about the attorneys. Forget about this. I don't want to hear any of that. She, told, she gave me a, a prayer from Rav Chaim of Elijah. And the prayer of Rav Chaim of Elijah from the Nefesh Chaim says that when a person is in a situation that, he, that he's in a very, very tough situation and he's stuck, what should he do? He says he should meditate on the, on the words, Ein od milavado. There's nothing but God. Basically, she told me at the court case not to go hire an attorney, to, to, to go to the court case. And if you want to win the court case, you need to basically forget who the judge is, forget who the, who the prosecutor is, forget all that. You need to close your eyes, she told me, 
and just focus on Ein Ol Vivado. And it's funny because the, the first words of Ein Ol Vivado is one, 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 one. Just meditate on oneness. When I meditate on oneness, when, I, when I'm able to do that, what happens? I, all the anxiety, all the worry, all the, everything goes away. And all of a sudden, what happens? I meditated on this Ein Ol Vivado, even though the prosecutors were there and there was all kinds of... And all of a sudden, all judgment completely got got canceled. Thank God I won the case. So what is, what is she saying here? There is no other better segula. There's, no, there's, no, there's never a better segula than a person from Rav Chaim Velazhin that whenever he's going through a tough situation, he should close his eyes and say the words and believe in the words, Ein Od Melbado, which means one, 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 one. It means that there's nothing, nothing but Hashem. Give me a second. Let me just close the door. So that that should be his meditation to just believe on one 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 one. Now, if we're going to understand this concept, what's really happening? And if we see it across the board, what is really preventing a person from? getting what he wants. It's not that he's visualizing or he's not visualizing. It's these lower levels of fears, these negative emotions. And another case I want to talk to you guys about. When I was in my divorce case, two years in my divorce case, complaining and, and what's going to be with this, how long is it going to be over, and all day long, all day long, complaining, 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 being a victim, how come I have to go through this, blah, 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 blah. And then I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to walk around like it's already over. I don't know what, where this thought came into me. I have absolutely no idea how this thought came into me. But all of a sudden, it was in the middle of the courtroom. And all of a sudden, this thought came to me to, to say, it's over. Walk around like it was over. Basically, I was smiling like I couldn't care less if it was over, if it was not over. No, it no longer bothered me anymore. It was like, that's it. It's done. In my eyes, it's over. You know what ended up happening? Two to three weeks after, the case was over. What happened? It's because I anticipated a feeling that it is what it is. What is whatever Hashem wants, it's accepted. I accept it with 100%. I'm going to walk around as if it's over. You know what happened? Case got over. So this, this tool is very, very, it's a very precious tool. Because what are you saying? Look what they're saying here. That Kabbalists teach us one of the main principles in creating, in conscious creation, involves that we must feel good if we want our desires to happen. If we feel if we feel any emotions that are negative, such as sadness, anger, jealousy, we block ourselves from receiving the manifestation manifestation of our desires. It's like turning off the light light switch so the electricity cannot flow and allow it to turn the light. Or, or think of it like turning off the valve in a faucet or stopping the water from flowing, okay? So the key, biggest key, like Reb Nachman says, the biggest key is, not, is already whatever situation you are in. If you are single and, you're, and you wanna get married, pretend like you're already married. Walk around like you're already married. Because when you're walking around like that, what are you doing? You're anticipating a higher level of bitachon, 
once you anticipate this level higher bitachon, because you're trusting in your creator, like it's already in the bag, then what happens is it's not like you're being cocky. It's you're trusting in him that whatever is going to happen is for the best. So no longer are you attracting the fear. No longer are you attracting the despair. No longer are you talking, you're attracting the other things that are causing you not to get. Thus, we must change what we want. First, we must want a new attitude. You have to change your attitude. This doesn't mean it's not going to work for us. It means we have to be happy to live in the moment and okay with what we have, and it is what it is. It means if you want anything more, you have to more focus on the gratitude that you have. If you want more things in life, you, more, you have to more focus on the stuff that you have instead of the stuff that you're lacking. Instead of focusing on uh, a vision board, focus more on a gratitude board. Because as the sages say, when a person, how do you know a person is rich? When he's satisfied with what he has. So when Hashem says, why? You're satisfied with this? I'm going to give you more. But when you say, I'm not satisfied with this, then what happens? So it's taking away. The same thing. When we show our creator abundance, he gives us more. When we show our creator lacks, physical, monetary lacks, and it leads us to fear and anxiety, but what are we actually doing? We're doing the opposite. We're creating things not to happen. We're creating things not to come to us. This is why Rabbi Arush's book, Say Thank You and See Miracles. Why is this book so effective? Why is it so effective? The book basically tells you that you have to anticipate that situation walking around like it's over. Not only walking around like it's over, walking around like it's the best thing that could happen for you, but to thank Hashem for your situation. Imagine, God forbid, a person walking around with cancer. Thank you, Hashem, for the cancer. Imagine a guy walking around single. Thank you, Hashem, that I'm not married and I'm 32. Thank you, Hashem. Imagine a person walking around with like an abundant gratitude. You know what, well, you know what you're doing when you're doing that? You're, doing, you're, tr- you're activating trust. And trust is activating the miracle. Let me give you, let me just back up and give you a formula that I did the other day in, in, in one of my classes. This is a typical formula. The more you know God through his Torah, the more you, you recognize him. The more you recognize him, the more you thank him. The more you thank your creator, the more faith you have. The more faith you have, the more blessing you attract. And the more blessing you attract, that physical thing becomes a spiritual, become, that spiritual thing becomes a physical thing. And this is why our sages say that a person, a person of faith has many blessings. What, how did, what do you mean? How did he get, what do you mean a person of faith has many blessings? Because what happened is he went through the process. He got to know Hashem. After he got to know Hashem, he started thanking him. And then after he started thanking him, he activated faith. After he activated faith, the blessing came. So there you go. A man of faith has many blessings. The same thing. The Pesach says, a person who trusts God, mercy surrounds them. Because when you trust God, just like when you trust your partner, or just like when you trust a person, you have a certain mercy towards that person. You, you're, you're happy that he's, you know, you have an employee, for example. You have an employee that's loyal. And there's no price to have to have an employee loyal in your company. I have many loyal in company. And there's no price. If they ask me tomorrow, 
do me a favor, help me out with this. In, 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 I will bend over backwards for them. I will bend over backwards because their loyalty to me is the number one thing. And because they're so loyal, there's no no. They want, you want to take a week off, you want to take two weeks, you need a break, no problem. I'm happy to give it to them. It's a joy for me to give it to them. But when you have those employees that don't trust in you, and they're sneaky, and they're trying to make problems in the office, and they're trying to find manipulative ways, or they're coming into the office, you know, with anxiety and worry, like I'm not, you know, everything's a disaster. How come this is a problem? How come that's, what happens is you don't want to deal with that person, but the person who's very loyal, all you want to do is give them grace. All you want to do is help them out. All you want to do is, he's part of your team. It's basically the same relationship with our creator. When he sees that you're loyal with him, you know what he does for you? He blesses you. He makes sure things work out for you. Not because the business needs to work out, but because you trusted in him, that business became what ends up working out. You know, there's a constant in, in life. If you build it, it will they will come. It's the same thing. If you build it, if you build that trust, the parnasa comes. If you build that, trust, the, that business, the business comes. Everything comes, but it first has to be the activation of bitachon. So that's one of the things that we need to, we, we need to understand. And this is exactly what Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 76. Rabbi Nachman tells us in Lesson 76 that he tells us very simple. He tells us that this is the benefit of trust. Every single say, every single day when we read the, the, the when we, we read Asher Shabbatecha, we say Asher Shabbatecha and Nikolecha Yisrael. So what happens is, is before you say you say the words, everybody's eyes look up to you with hope. Okay. What happens is when you say everybody's eyes look up to you with hope. That's the Hebrew word. All, all his eyes look up to you. everybody's eyes look up to you with hope. Then I stretch out my hand. What Rabbi Nachman is telling us is something beautiful. He's saying before you can stretch out your hand, you need to actually create a vessel. And how do you create that vessel? By looking up. And Rabbi Nachman saying looking up is referred to trust. So when you look up with trust, what happens is that light. That light that you give, you get a reflected light back. It's something so beautiful. Basically, Rabbi Nachman's telling you that whatever time you spend in life looking up and trusting in him, you get a completely proportionate light backward, back to you. It's just like a, like a laser. You throw a ball at something, exactly, it ricochets right back to you. But if a person is sitting there today and all day long he's in anxiety, he's worried, He's got anger issues. He blames everybody else. He's not looking up. He's not creating that vessel. He's actually doing the opposite. He's chasing that blessing away from him. And this is what Rav Nachman tells you. This is the benefit of trust. Trust is the aspect of looking. This is from Lesson 76. A person looks and watches with guys to look up alone, and he trusts in them. As it says, everybody's eyes look up to you with hope. Looking with trust also creates a vessel. Namely, Dimension and time. Bounty, he's saying, it's always constantly coming down to a person, but it doesn't have a fixed time. You know, something that you need two years from now, you know, let's say bounty can come to you two years from now, but you actually need it now. How in the world can I get something that's going to come to me from two years ago 
that I need two years from now that I need it right now. Okay? What Rabbi Nachman is telling you here, this is the explanation of everybody's eyes woke up to you with hope. And you give them sustenance in its time. In its time. That is, when one looks with his eyes to God, the aspect of trust, everybody's eyes to you with hope, you give them their sustenance in the right time. Look at that beautiful. When you start looking up to God, he gives you the money when you, exactly when you need it. He gives it to you in the time that you need it. Specifically in its time. The very thing one needs, this is because trust, this is the aspect of looking, creates a vessel, dimension, a time. So when you trust, you're sort of attracting that money. That means I'm not staring at a check or printing out a check for $50,000 and saying, where's the check coming to me? I am looking up. When I am looking up to my creator and developing bitachon, he's drawing grace on me. And when I draw grace, when he draws grace on me, all of a sudden I create a magnet where I can attract something that's coming to me that would have come to me a year from now and I need it now. It comes to me exactly when I need it. That is the real kavana when we say potech et yadecha. You're really, what are you really doing? You're really using a, 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 a meditation to meditate on Hashem get, bringing that blessing closer to you exactly when you need it. And Rabbi Nachman saying here, Rabbi Nachman adds, this is why direct light and reflected light are so important. It is imp- impossible to visualize anything with one's mind except through concentration and focusing. Bitachon is the focusing, is the vessel. The desired shefa is what Hashem provides. So Rav Nachman says here that this explains Bitachon's rule in creating a vessel for shefa. The power of vision concentrates on that item and brings it back. The same thing. You could use this application with absolutely everything. Remember, there's a reflected light, a, a direct light, and there's a reflected light. You want to get married? Focus already on the, again, reflected light. Walk around like you're already married. Walk around like it doesn't even bother you. Walk around like you're already wealthy. Walk around like you're already healed. You have to anticipate that feeling before. Even the Holy Rambam, before his patients were operated, before he administered medicine on on, on his patients, he said he turned on music for them. He made sure that he made sure they were in a very good mood. He says it's more important to change the attitude of the patient before we administer medicine than just to give the medicine. He was more focusing on the how is the how is the patient going to receive the medication when he was getting it? Because if that person all of a sudden had a thought of fear, what's gonna happen? That medication is not gonna work. The medication is not gonna work because fear does the exact opposite of bitachon. It's counterintuitive. So here we go with money. The more you worry and you're anxious about money, you're not looking up and creating that vessel. What are you really doing? You're pushing it away. You're pushing it away. Hashem has a burden when you, don't, when you can't attract it. And this is exactly what the Noah Melech Melech says. What does he say? It's exactly that, the opposite. The Noah Melech Melech says, and if you shall, it was named in the name of the Holy Rezushan. If the Jews asked in the seventh year when they were eating the, they were, Hashem told them, you can't, you can't plant the seventh year, you're going to have enough from the sixth year to the ninth year. 
I've said this one time before. What is Hashem, what is he saying here? Perhaps the answer is Hashem Yisbarak created the world in his goodness to carry Shefa, an abundance of blessings. The blessings are ceaseless. It comes down. It comes down. All you have to do is create a vessel. But when a person falls from a spiritual level and he starts asking, where is going to be the money? How am I going to handle it? How am I going to pay for this? Without bitachon, which is the opposite of bitachon, what happens is, heaven forbid, that lacking in trust, and he diminishes the emunah, he diminishes the burden, and all of a sudden he creates a blockage in the pipeline, and he only gets the minimum amount. So here we go. We, sometimes, if we are not careful to, to really work on your bitachon, and you have to ask Hashem for bitachon, and you have to ask Him every single day. The new prayer that, I'm going to, that I started saying, David Malik says that a person can only fall the only way a person can fall in life is first if he loses his trust in God. So what's my new prayer every day? Hashem, let me never break, never lose your trust. No matter what situation, no matter what happens in my life, I never want to, to lose trust in you. Because if you don't lose trust, it's impossible for you to fall. It, you could only fall when there's, a, when there's a pocket of fear. When there's a pocket of fear. So now we know trust brings the item to you. Fear brings what you don't want to you. This is also echoed the same thing in the Matanatako. He says, whoever trusts in something other than God, the Almighty leads him to the system that he places his trust in. So it's not that Hashem wants you to, God forbid, to attract a sickness, or Hashem wants you to attract this problem, or Hashem wants to see you this way. But what happens is, when you lose trust, you happen to you lose your divine supervision. That's a problem. And whatever you are, that you fear, now that item has, has the subject over you. That's what he's saying here. He places the trust in the, in the country, or the alarm system, or the various forms of causes and effect calculations, these, these all of a sudden become his nature. He's ruled by the, by the system of nature, which causes an effect, which has statistics. So he's, le he's left to the odds of life. He loses that extra edge in life, which is very dangerous because all of a sudden, <laughs> 2020, I think you need more divine supervision than you've ever needed before. But it's not that Hashem doesn't, God forbid, he left you or look what Hashem did to me. Why would he cause, his, why would he cause my business to, to crash? Why would he do this to me? Why would he put me in this situation? What happens is, is he, you left him. If you leave him, he leaves you. It's not a... Not, nobody can't blame him. It's like you're married to somebody, you leave them, and then you're blaming them for them, they leave, them, them leaving you. But the reason why they left you is because you left them. So... You know, you see a lot of people, well, he's religious, he's not religious, he's not religious, he's not religious. It's not about religious, not. Bottom line, if you don't, if you don't, if you leave your creator, you are left to a system of odds, you are left to a system of statistics, you are left into whatever that system has, which is the system of nature, which is the system of Elohim. You lose the divine supervision. You lose the mercy. You lose the ability to get that lucky break in life. You're just left with the odds. You're left with the odds. Whatever the odds are going to have to be, go ahead. Go ahead. That is your odds. 
So what happens is, is you can start attracting, God forbid. You can start catching coronavirus from just thinking about coronavirus so much. I had literally somebody in my office, an employee of mine, that I'm personally a witness to, that she lost her mother and father within a week. The father got so frightened that he thought he had coronavirus. He didn't even have it. He died of a heart attack, of a fear. His, his wife was so afraid because her husband was, was in the hospital, she died of a heart attack from coronavirus. None of them had coronavirus. But the scare of a coronavirus, of the scare of a, of a 78-year-old 78, woman losing her husband in the hospital when she's watching the news and she's hearing these horrific statistics that the media, it scared the you-know-what out of her, she died of a heart attack. So there you go. How was it was labeled? COVID-19 death. No, no, no. It was fear of COVID-19 death. These two people died. None of them had coronavirus. One was a scare, heart attack. Second was a heart attack. Just to understand something. Fear, you can attract anything with this. And this is what our, this is something our sages are saying all along. We're not going to tell you the same thing. What Eov, whatever you feared came and got you. It's not that Hashem wants to punish you. It's not that Hashem wants to do something to you. It's you left him. When you leave him, things can happen to you. And, and that is scary. And you know where we know this? We know this from Moshe Rabbeinu. When, when Moshe, was, when Moshe was, was, was dealing with these two people in the desert, when they, he, did, he killed them with the Shema Meforash, okay? It came to the times that Moshe grew up and he went to his brothers and he saw an Egyptian man striking a Hebrew man. He turned away from this man and he saw that there was no man. So he struck the Egyptian. He struck the Egyptian because he was, he was, they were punching a, a Jew. Moshe saw these two people beating him. So Hashem, uh, Moshe used the Shem HaMeforash and these people died. He went out the second day and behold, the two men were quarreling. And he, one said to the second one, why are you going to strike your friend? He retorted, who made you the man? Who made you a prince over us? Do you plan to slay me like you slay the Egyptian? So there were two people, two different people, I think Datan and Aviram, that saw Hashem, that saw Moshe um, killing, killing a, a previous one through, through the Shem Farash who was hating a Jew. And all of a sudden, when he heard that, Moshe became frightened. And he said, indeed, the matter has become known. All of a sudden, you know what happened right after that? The Torah tells us that Paro heard of the incident and he sought to slay Moshe. When Moshe got fearful, it opened up a, a fallen fear, and Paro found out about the situation. So you could see how the Torah is talking about. What is the Torah talking about? Hashem's emotions. It's the same thing. When these, even when Yaakov, Yaakov, when Yaakov heard that Esav he, he became fearful. So fear attracts, God forbid, your enemies. Attracts what you don't want. So it's not that Hashem is doing it to you. It's, it's you've left Him, and if you left Him, He has to leave you to the system that you are fearing. And believe me, it's a nasty process. I've been there. And this is something that we all should understand. A couple more things I want to talk about is, give me a second. I think I'm going to break this class into two because there's, there's like a thousand books here. There's so much information. 
taking taking something in advance. Okay. Here's another incident. As the people began to cry out to Moshe and began to cry out to him, well, you know what Hashem answers to them? Why are you crying out to me? Doesn't make absolutely any sense. Doesn't make absolutely any sense. The Jews are crying out to Moshe and Hashem is telling them, why are you crying out to me? Move. What? Move. Imagine somebody saying, I'm struggling in business. The guy's going to tell him, what are you crying out to me? Open up a business. Go get a job. The same thing Hashem is telling us. He's saying, what? It's, not, it's not up to me. That might seem like an odd reply, but it's conveyed with a simple message. You have the ability to create the miracle, to manifest a desire in a physical plane. You don't need me. You have to make that arousal. I can only respond to how, what you're going to do. If you make a sacrifice, I'll make a sacrifice for you. One man, Nakshon, understood God's message. When he heard that message, when he said, when God said to move, you know what Nakshon did? He walked onto the waters and, and he stood into the waters and they went up to his neck, up to his knees, up to his waist, up to his shoulders. He did this with so much faith that the waters would part and he would not be drawn. What had happened? It was because Nakshon's brazenness, he created a miracle because he defiled nature and he trusted in Hashem and he, and he moved and he went all in. You know what happened? The sea split on the, the, the sea split on his merit. So the same thing. It's not to tell you, oh, the marriage is going to work out or not. It's when you get married and you trust in God. He's showing you showing trust. When you're taking action in life, that will make something work out for you. People are too much, they're too worried. Is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? What should I pick? Should I pick this one? Should I pick this girl? Should I pick that girl? This business or that business? But what happens is when you don't take any kind of action, you basically, it's why, why, why do we procrastinate? Why do we have perfectionism? Because we're working on fear. So the opposite is to, to, to do the inaction. Go all in. Go all in. When you go all in, what are you doing? You're showing bitachon. You're taking action. And that action leads you to have a miracle. Because the miracle comes to you not on the basis of the, of the business on the basis that you took action, that you proved to Hashem that you trust in Him, that you let go of all the fears, so, you, so that attracts the miracle. The action attracts the miracle. The self-sacrifice attracts the miracle. The forgiving somebody attracts the miracle. It's not that I can just sit there and manifest and the miracle is going to come. That's a different concept that we can speak about. But the more what I want to emphasize tonight is when you take an action like you become the person who splits and goes straight into the sea and not worried about failing and walks around like Hashem's going to take care of me. Either he's going to take care of me now or later. One or another, he's going to take care of me. And you walk around with that confidence and you walk around with that pitachon and you walk around like that without a worry in the world. Then you start drawing miracles. Then you start drawing tremendous blessings because he watches over you and he trusts in you and he sees that you trust him. So he gives you a blessing and you create the vessel for that. So I just want to talk about that today um, because I don't want to, there's a lot of information here and maybe we'll do a second half on this on, on manifestation uh, on, on another day. So that's, that's today's class. Any questions? Yeah. One of the viewer wants to know uh, what books you're reading from. Sure. 
I'm taking a few books. One book is called Think Good and It Will Be Good. This is by Daniel Schombeck. Okay. Another book is Lakute Moharan, which is, you know, those are the ones that I normally read from, the majority of them. Uh, Thank You and See Miracles, another one by Rabbi Rush. This is also a phenomenal book. Strongly recommend. It's the very similar to a lot of my classes are on this book also. It's All in Your Mind. This is by Sarah Yosef, the granddaughter of Hacham Avari Yosef. She wrote a book on positive thinking, which is all basically Torah-based, very similar to tonight's speech. It's All in Your Mind. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. This is also a great book. Think good and it'll be good. All of these are very positive, 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 law of attraction-ish, but from a Torah angle. Um, and also another book is here is from the Noam Eli Melech, which is also a great book on that. But these two books, if you want books that are very similar to what we spoke about tonight, I would recommend these two books. Think good and it will be good. And it's all in your mind by Sarah Yosef. They're very, it's, they're, they're very, it's a light read. And they all have, the, they're packed with tons and tons and tons of examples of, of I can give you a, te, a, a hundred more examples of what. So again, the majority way what you guys understand is uncovering, making the sacrifice, showing God the trust, showing that it's not just sitting there and saying, where's the, where's the money? Where's this? It's making that bitachon, taking that chance, taking, having that chutzpah that draws, that helps us draw the miracles and attracts us to things that we, we, we can. Okay. The next question is, how do you know who's the right one? There's so many potentials and good people out there. Okay, very good. Number one thing that stops you from seeing clarity. First is, like we said before, is desires. So the more you work on your desires, your desires are lust, uh, money, food. The more you work on your lower levels of your your desires. And then after the desires is emotions. The more, first work on clearing yourself so you have clarity yourself. And the more you do that, the easier you're gonna be able to make a decision. I always tell people, how do you know who's the one? Rabbi Nathan gives us a, a beautiful segula. He tells us, pray for it for 40 days straight, and after 40 days, you're going to get an answer. And sometimes the answer might not be the answer you want. I had a girl that prayed for, she was in a different marriage, a very difficult marriage, and she was wondering, should I stay with him or not? So after 40 days, she found out she got a, somehow the, um, something was left in the guy's car, she finds out the guy was having an affair with her. That was her answer. Unfortunately, these answers don't come sometimes in beautiful packages with rosy roses. It usually comes sometimes as, as a reality. So I would recommend prayer. Prayer is the best way to get a clarity. 40 days straight, wake up at exactly the same time, pray for it. Hashem, I need clarity. Is this person the one? Is this the right one person? Show me a sign, show me a sign. 40 days straight at the same time, and you will get your answer. What is the difference between Amuna and Bitachon? Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me just switch my... You hear me? Loud and clear. Hello? Yep. Good. Amuna is a belief that that things will work out. Bitachon is knowing it's going to work out. 
The difference is, Imuna, you could still have some negative feelings. Bitachon, you're all in. Negativity goes away. Um, another difference between Imuna and, 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 and Bitachon is, Bitachon is action. Uh, Imuna is belief. But I can just have Imuna and not take action. Then I'm missing Bitachon. Does that make sense? You can believe a business is going to work out, but until you open it, you're not taking bitachon, you're not taking action. I would say the key element between the moon and bitachon is action. Action. Action is the key. Your action is your bitachon. When you, when I, what did Nakshon do? He didn't believe, he didn't just think about the, the water splitting. He, he, he walked into the middle of a river. He walked into the middle of the sea. He took action. So we need to take action. That is the key. And the quicker you take action, I'm telling you right now, that has been the secret of my success. Constant action, failing very quickly, getting the lessons right right away, and next, and, and going and fixing the situation. That is literally the key to my success, I would say, today. Never spending too much time on the problem, taking massive action. And once that action happens, either I win or I learn or I fix it, and then I make a new vessel. It's the, it's the same thing over and over. It's just, it's just you have to get going. The worst thing in life is to procrastinate and be a perfectionist and not take any action. It's the worst thing you could do because all you're doing is you're letting fear control you when you're going to do it, how you're going to do it. So it's very, very important just to take action. Okay. And remember, guys, you don't live forever and you only live once. So what in the world are you waiting for? What in the world are we waiting for? What what are you waiting for? 2021 to happen? 2020? What are you waiting for? If not now, when? That's why I tell people, when, what are you waiting for? What in the world are you waiting for? If you don't do it today, you don't take action massively, there's never going to be a moment to take action. Tomorrow they're going to tell you, oh, I got to wait for the action. Oh, I got to wait for Biden to speak, you know, if that ever happens. So you got to always wait. Something always is going to come up. That's the way the eight to hard work. Don't allow time to, to, to control you. Take massive action. Okay, the next question uh, is from a viewer who believes that Hashem could do absolutely anything. And this person has bitachon that Hashem could do anything. But deep down inside, this person doesn't know if they deserve the thing that they're praying for. So that can, that can stop them from doing it. So you have to also, there's a, there's a concept. Feelings of unworthiness can stop you from receiving what you're receiving, one of them. You could say the more important thing is to have simcha while you're doing it, to have, to have joy. Because sometimes the mission that you want is not the mission that your higher soul wants for you to have. So you have to be willing to say, I'll be happy with whatever comes to me. If I would tell you today that I would, I would be opening, I would have detox and rehab centers seven years ago, I would tell you you're out of your mind. I have nothing to do with rehab, detox, insurance. I'm, I had public, I have public adjusted companies, real estate. Never in a million years would I tell you I would be in this business today. But my higher self took me there. It took me there. It just took me there. So we want to be open-minded because sometimes what we want and what we're supposed to be are two different things. And sometimes the reason why we're not receiving is because if we would receive at that time, it would be detrimental. So we, we're waiting, we get a, we, we build a vessel. For example, that person that's feeling unworthiness, he, he can't, what happens is if he receives now, it's actually cruelty. Because if he gets it, then he's going to be afraid to lose it. 
And then he's going to say, if I'm not worthy, I'm going to lose it. And then maybe he'll, he'll sabotage himself. And so you really have to clear that feeling and unworthiness. So it's so vital because anytime you don't feel you deserve anything, even though you have a portion of God inside of you, even though you were made from greatness, that will stop you from receiving things. That will definitely stop you. It's a hundred percent blockage. Work on that a hundred percent. Okay. How do you do that? Self-love. Self-love. You have to work on self-love. Or you have to identify if it's a pattern that that maybe you didn't feel self-love. Maybe you don't feel like you're worthy because maybe it it was a parent issue or a previous breakup. You have to get to the key of that. Why do you feel like that? You have to really do chuva and get into the core of that situation so you can clear that blockage and then other things will come to you. Okay, so I just want to remind the viewers, a lot of them are asking where is this class going to be posted. It's going to be posted on SoundCloud and it's going to be on Facebook and YouTube as well. And it's going to be posted on the uh, Breast of WhatsApp. What's so the Correct. next question is, uh, what would you say to someone who is in their early 20s who is sig- sig- signal, single and would uh, want to save a lot of stress and errors in the future? Right. So again, male or female? It doesn't mention male or female. It doesn't mention okay. it. Okay. If it's a male, it's if it's a male, the majority of the job that has to be used for the male is is making sure to be spiritually uh, spiritually clean. Once you're spiritually clean, it's almost like a magnet. I told people very simple. When I got divorced, I married my wife in sixty days. She came to my house. She came to my house. I didn't even I took more effort to pick up an Amazon box than I did to get married. Because I knew the formula. The formula is you have to keep the bricks, you have to be focused, you cannot fool around, and your soulmate will come straight to your house. So straight to you. You have the clarity. That means if it's that issue, you should, that's usually the issue that the guy's watching, unfortunately, other things or, or unfortunately watching things that are not supposed to be, that usually not makes you trash. For the girls, the most important thing is not to have fear. The fear of being alone that can also create anxiety, create panic, and it cannot, and, and you won't have clarity because all of a sudden you're, it's, you're, you're meeting a guy, is this the one, is not the one, maybe it is the one, maybe it is not the one, and you're, gonna be, you're not going to have Yeshua Dad to pray clearly because you're so worried about whether he's going to commit to you, he's not going to commit, is he the one, he's not the one, too much inconsistent. So like I always tell people, walk around like everything's beautiful. Walk around with Simcha. When you have Simcha, Hashem gives you prophecy. You have to make a, a, a prophecy, Simcha's prophecy. So when a person has joy, his, his, his head thwarts. He has clarity, he's lightened. The last thing you want to do is compare your, your, your life to other people, uh, rush the hour. You always have to walk around like you're already married. Like it doesn't make a difference to you. Okay, this is just a statement that one of the viewers wants to put out. The 40-day challenge is the most worthwhile thing you'll do in your life. It changed my world. Just wanted to put it out there. So, yeah, I mean, that's the most important. You can't, you can't go, listen, it's like as somebody's asking me, um, you know, how, how do I see better? Give me better glasses. I said, no, first you have to get rid of the 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 mud that's on the glasses. It's not bigger lenses that not make you see better. It's the mud that's not allowing you to see. Understand? That's why I, guys have to be in the 40 day challenge. It's the, it was the biggest game changer to your life. It'll change absolutely every aspect of your life. It'll make you find the one. 
or make you have clarity. And it's the most important thing I tell all guys. You have to work on this before you work on anything else that has to work. Because that is the one aspect that has the most beneficial effect and the most, God forbid, the opposite effect also. Okay. Is there, a, is there anything wrong with watching TV on your downtime? Does Hashem not like that? I don't know. I, listen, I watch sports. I watch that. I, I, again, it, it's, I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, so to say, so to say but it's, it's, it's your whole life. If you're binging more than the living, yeah, binging more than living. But on your downtime, I don't, I don't see that as a, again, everybody to their own. But if you're going to tell me, listen, go to a heat game, go to that. I, I would watch it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. As long as I have a strong day in the morning. As long as I have a strong morning, I'm very productive, then I don't have a problem you know, doing that. Again, that's me. Some rabbis will tell you no. But me, um, I have to live in the world that I'm in. This viewer wants to know, what if someone who has uh, health issues is affecting their life and you know, it's very difficult to apply all the things that you just mentioned? How, how does but why, why is it it's difficult because you're focusing on what you're going through, not where you want to go. That's why it's difficult. Again, the problem is these negative emotions are not allowing us to see clarity. That's why it's difficult. The placebo effect is, does the complete opposite. You have to think greater than you feel. And the only way to think greater than you feel is to have faith. Believe me, I've had physical pain before. I've had it. You have to close your eyes and you have to think greater than you feel. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot, a lot of work. But I would recommend you get a book called The Garden of Healing from Rabbi Rush. But the difficulty, the difficulty thing in life is only because of the things we're focusing on. You understand? It's like a person telling me it's difficult to make money if, I, if you wake up with anxiety all day long. Yes, it is difficult to make money because you have no clarity. Absolutely. It's difficult to find the, the exit if I don't have a map in life. Yes, you're right, 100%. I agree with you. It is difficult. It's difficult for you to get, to, to, to get recovery if you're closed-minded. Yes, very difficult. I agree with you. But we're not supposed to. We're, we, the whole thing is we have Hashem, we have Bitafir, we have Munah. We have to have the ability as Jews or as anybody to be able to anticipate a higher a higher feeling than, than our emotions are telling us. That is why we have Hashem. Because Hashem can ch change absolutely everything. And when you can sit there and have the roughest day in the world, and you could say, thank you, Hashem, you've, you, you, you've scored, you, you've escaped, you went, you're going into a bubble, which is this world is the opposite. And if it's funny, we talk about the bubble, look at sports teams. The only things that are going to be surviving today are things in a bubble. You have to put yourself in a faith bubble. Literally, you have to escape all this news and all this terror, all this fear, and you have to go into a, a Muna Bitachum bubble. Okay, um, we just had someone who mentioned that I that they missed your uh, Moroccan jokes, and this person is Moroccan themselves. You know, I, I'm getting banned too much. Everybody, you just see the emails I get and the text, so Moroccan jokes, no more Muslim law jokes. No more presidential job. I mean, I, I can't even say anything anymore. I feel like I'm not myself, but I guess I have to be respectful. So it's a rough climate out there. I believe me, I have tons of jokes out there, tons and tons, but I can't, I can't even do anything with them. People just are, they're too serious today. Way too serious. I agree with you. I missed them too. <laughs> I missed them too. Okay. Um, this viewer is mentioning that their, chil that their children were assaulted last summer. 
and uh, one of her children or their children is acting out right now. And this is causing them to be triggered and believe that something happened to them as a child as well. And they feeling very right. stuck. Uh, how should she, this person express themselves to Hashem that um, what type of healing she should be looking for from Right, Hashem. there's a great book. There's, first, it's not to express. First, you have to get some information. When you have some new information, you look at the situation differently. You can't just, I can't remember, the key is not to pray for a broken toy to be fixed. The key is to be open-minded and say, Hashem, what do you want from me from this situation? You understand? It's not like standing here with a broken toy, fix the broken toy. What? First, you have to ask Hashem, what do you want me in this situation? There's a great book called The Garden of Suffering by um, Rabbi Kramer. It tells you step-by-step step on how to deal with pain and trauma. Phenomenal book. I strongly recommend for that person to read that book. Or listen to my classes on pain and trauma. So which what? actually next week, next week I'm going to have a class on the man's search for meaning, which I'm going to a little bit about touch on, on those items. So what does this person do when their children act out sexually? You have to, you have to see a therapist. Absolutely. You have to deal with, you have to see a therapist. Person needs a therapist, 100%. Not, this is not. This cannot be handled by these sexual things. Believe me, I, I can I can't tell you the amount of damage that I've seen from sexual issues with with clients in recovery today. How many clients had issues with sexual molested, and then and ninety nine percent of them have have issues with with drugs. They have to go to therapy. Absolutely, EMDR therapy, trauma therapy. You know, there's all kinds of. Um, there's all kinds of therapy. Actually, if, I strongly recommend this therapist, uh, Daniel Rabbi Daniel Schombach. He wrote this book, Think Good and Be Good, and it'll be good. And he, you know, he could probably help them do EMDR therapy. But strongly recommend therapy. Okay, we'll take a few more questions. Yeah, could you uh, read Tomer Devorah at night? Of course, sure, sure. Tomer Devorah also is a book on how to attract. It's a Jewish way to attract better things. Because what happens is when you forgive somebody, you attract mercy. You get me? That's another form of Jewish attraction. That it's not really you're doing anything to manifest that. You're really creating a, an arousal below, a merciful act below, and then above, they're doing one for you. You understand? That's also the Jewish law of attraction. But it, you can see the Jewish law of attraction is very centered on the action of the person, on having a bitachon, have, make, taking action, and then there's a recipro reciprocal energy from above. It's not so much like I'm the human being pulling a string, pulling here. It's all catered to your higher power. It's all catered to your higher power. It's all catered to making action, taking action, changing perspective. Any more questions? Good. No, it seems like that's it. Okay, great. Guys, have a Thank great you, day. Thank you, Hashem, next week's class will be a man search for meaning by, by Viktor Frankl. Um, and Hashem should help us all. I'm going to continue to do some of it during the week. There's a lot of content that I left out here um, that I want to talk about. But we'll do that during the week, Bezrat um, Hashem, this week. And again, whoever needs to sign up on my classes, you can send a text to, what, what's the number, Ariel? Just so they can be on the WhatsApp group. What number? Gadali, what, what was that? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. The number for the WhatsApp group, in case they want to, they could text you in case they want to be added to the group. A lot of people ask me to be added to the group.
yeah, it's three zero five two zero two nine zero one four nine two. Again, three zero five two nine zero one four nine two. Nine two. Perfect. Okay, because there's a lot of YouTube watchers that they, they can you know, they ask me for the WhatsApp group. Okay? Guys, thank you. Have a great night, man. Shem help you all. Again, focus on as is below, as is below, as is above. That is really the, our Jewish law of attraction. This week, we'll touch on more abj- more concepts like this. Wait, right? Gedalia, wait, 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 yes. Gedalia, wait. Okay, we just got another question. Yes. What is the base of Jewish law of attraction? What's the base of it? As below, so as above. Like the Zohar says, God is your shadow. How you see the world is the amount of grace that you get above. So how you view the world. If, you're, if you have joy below, there's joy, there's joy above. If the, the way your perspective is below, the way you see things is the way you, you get things above. It's the, 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 the state that you're in below is the way the state that Hashem acts with a person. If a person has trust in here, below, Hashem showers him with mercy. The person has a moon on him, Hashem opens up his mind. It's, it's a very below to, to above, which we spoke about for an hour already. Uh, the whole, these whole concepts. Okay, it's and not that the question. man's in the middle pulling strings. It's, it's, it's a person has to make a reciprocal action to create another reaction. There's an action, for example, if I smile at you, you're going to smile at me. If I frown at you, you're going to look away from me. So the way you act, when you act, Below, there's a reaction above. That's what Kabbalah is all about. Kabbalah is all about a react, a, an action for a reaction. So, b- below, uh, b- so below, as is above. It's so, centered on Hashem being the one that, ch- that changes the person's consciousness. Does that make sense? Hashem never changes, but when we change the way we view things, then Hashem goes from Midah to Ha'al Chesed, Amidata din to Amidata chesed. His attributes change, but he himself never changes. Okay, and the last question is, what is the best advice on how to inspire others to come closer to our holy Jewish faith without offending them? Hmm. You have to talk to them about conversations that have nothing to do with Judaism. And just talk to them, and just talk to them. Oh, by the way, you know, I, you know, I listened to that class. I, did you ever know about that? Like, you have to talk to them like, oh, by the way, I, I can't believe how much uh, this situation helped me. I was in such a... Talk, talk to them about your issues, about your problems, about your things that helped you without talking to them, but you're really speaking to them. You know what I mean? Don't tell them you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. It's like, wow, did you ever... Just, I, I, how do I get people? I usually talk to them about secular things. And then when they ask a question, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, try to listen to a class, but never tell them, you got to do this. You got to do that. 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 Talk, it has to be a first building rapport. When you build rapport, then little by little, they'll trust you more. When they trust you more, they'll listen to you more. But the first thing is you have to build rapport. I have a class on that called How to Help Get People Up on YouTube. Okay. I think that's all for Good? now. All right. Thank you, Gedalia. Have, have, have a great night. Bye-bye.